Praise the Lord. Good morning. Self-enhancement through spiritual practices can fool some of us into thinking we are evolving and growing when all we are growing is our ego. Ego is able to convert anything to its own use, even spirituality. The belief that your spiritual wisdom makes you more special than others is also known as a spiritual narcissism. It can be used to shield yourself from criticism, to impress others, or to enhance your self-esteem and feel good about yourself. Do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 John 4 verse 1 At every moment, the seeker must proceed with a vigilant eye upon the deceits of the ego and the ambushes of the misleading powers of darkness. Whoever represents themselves as the one source of light and truth and take on them a fulcrum of divine forms in order to capture the soul of the seeker. It's sad to say, but not everyone who claims to be a Christian is really a follower of Christ. Many are simply pursuing their own agendas, be it money, fame, or political influence. These false disciples come in many shapes and forms, but perhaps none is more dangerous as a spiritual narcissist. A spiritual narcissist is someone who uses the gospel to build themselves up while they tear others down. If left unchecked, their actions can inflict devastating harm on both Christians and non-Christians alike. So while we know about the social narcissist, how do we uncover and walk away from a narcissist under the guise of spiritualism? 10 Warning Signs That You May Be Dealing With a Spiritual Narcissist Number 1. They constantly reference their own achievements. The spiritual narcissist loves to promote, self-promote. For them, every conversation is an opportunity to share just how superior they are to the average believer. They typically go about this by listing off their own achievements. You'll hear them talk incessantly about their charity contributions, how their children were married only to similar believers how they never mix with non-believers, how they are always at the forefront of all church activities, or how they never miss a Bible study meet, or how they are the first volunteers to a sermon series, mission work, or that time they led someone to Christ, or the most obvious when they cannot stop judging others who are different from them. Scripture tells us not to seek our own glory and to let our work stand on its own. Proverbs 27 verse 2 
but the spiritual narcissist will flaunt anything they believe might bring them praise. The best way for Christians to counter this display is to follow the example of Micah 6 verse 8. Live justly, show mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord your God. Number 2. They invade conversations. The spiritual narcissist craves control and their highest authority is always their own self-reference. As a result, it's not uncommon for them to invade the personal or private conversations of others. They'll often do this under the guise of helping or correcting fellow Christians, but they have no real interest in a two-way dialogue. You'll notice they also have a way with injecting their own opinions into situations and are the first to voice their complaints about recent events in the church. The Bible warns that such people create division among believers and serve only their own appetites. Romans 16, verse 17 to 18, Psalms 36, verse 1 to 4. There is no good way to speak with spiritual narcissists. Proverbs 26, verse 4 to 5. The best response Christians can make is stand their ground and refuse to be bullied. Number 3. They twist scripture. Susan B. Anthony once said, I distrust those people who know so well what God wants them to do because I notice it always coincides with their own desires. In the same way, a spiritual narcissist uses scripture as a tool for their purpose instead of God's. They approach the Bible with a closed mind, memorizing only a handful of useful verses that will justify their behavior. Anything else, particularly scripture, that conflicts with their actions gets ignored, like the men of Jude 1 verse 4. They should not be trusted. The best defense Christians have against this kind of faulty theology is to simply read the Bible on their own go through the scriptures, draw an interpretation, assimilate an understanding, and make it their own. The more familiar we become with God's work, the more familiar we become with God. Number four, they profess love but never show it. Perhaps the easiest way to identify a spiritual narcissist is to see if their work matches their words. Many will claim they have nothing but love and compassion in their hearts for those they rebuke, but their actions prove otherwise. Matthew 7 teaches us that we can judge a prophet by a fruit of his labor. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So. What kind of harvest do they bring to God's table? Division? Disdain? Cruelty? Love is more than words. Love is actions. That's what separates the true Christians from the spiritual narcissist. Number five, they talk 
but they don't listen. Listening can be a powerful tool for Christians. Listening builds trust, creates empathy and fosters understanding amongst individuals. James 1 verse 19 even urges believers to be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. The spiritual narcissist, by contrast, is quick to speak, quick to take offense and incapable of listening. They enjoy being the loudest one in the room and the idea of deferring to someone else galls them. A true Christian listens to others even when they might not agree with them. Listening requires that we be selfless, which is the one thing a spiritual narcissist can never be. Number six, they live in echo chambers. In 1 Kings 22, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and Ahab, king of Israel, joined forces to wage war against a neighboring adversary. However, before they depart, Jehoshaphat decides to inquire upon the Lord for guidance. 400 prophets parade in front of the kings, proclaiming victory is at hand. But Jehoshaphat isn't convinced. When asked whether there is still a disciple of the Lord they can speak with, Ahab reluctantly admits, There is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He's Micaiah, son of Imla. Like Ahab, the spiritual narcissist lives in their own personal echo chamber. They surround themselves with individuals who will always affirm their existing preconceptions or opinions. Don't make the same mistake. A wise Christian knows the right answer isn't always the popular one. Number seven, they refuse to acknowledge their mistakes. No one likes admitting they were wrong. It's a humbling and let's be honest, sometimes embarrassing experience. But accepting responsibility for your mistake is the first step towards real maturity. Naturally, the spiritual narcissist will have none of it. Even when confronted with insurmountable evidence, the spiritual narcissist will continue to defend their actions as right. For them, it's not about the greater good, it's about protecting their self-image. Humility is a precious gift. It allows us to learn from our mistakes, recognize our faults, and grow into better people because of it. Take some advice from Philippians 3 verse 13. Accept what you have done wrong and strive to live for what comes ahead. Number 8. They tear others down. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 reads, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. A spiritual narcissist prefers to do the opposite. Rather than serving as a source of inspiration, the spiritual narcissist enjoys being the voice of derision. They're quick to criticize others for their perceived failings and frequently cause mischief by inflaming arguments amongst believers. 
In short, they built their sense of worth by tearing others down. Scripture tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. A disciple of Jesus should be known for what they build, not for what they break. Number nine, they lead by force, not example. A spiritual narcissist makes for the worst kind of leader. They're pretty uncompromising, spiteful and controlling. Heaven help the ministry which helps or falls under their stewardship. By comparison, great leaders have always inspired their followers by example. They construct or correct others without humiliating them, mentor those who need growth and weigh their words carefully before speaking. Take David, who despite his faults showed humility and wisdom for God's anointed rulers, 1 Samuel 24. What about Peter? He spent his life testifying to Christ's resurrection and building bridges of fellowship between strangers, Acts 10. Unlike the spiritual narcissist, a true leader knows their duty is to serve, not be served. Number 10. They ultimately put God second. An expert in the law once asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. His reply, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like, love your neighbors as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. Matthew 22 verse 37 to 40. Many Christians know this verse by heart. But the meaning behind Christ's words goes much farther than we realize. Not only is Jesus calling believers to love God with all their heart, he's telling them our faithfulness is affirmed by our love for our neighbors. To put it simply, we can only love God if we are unselfish. A spiritual narcissist will always put God second, whether it's by neglecting Christ's commands or how they treat their neighbors, pride will always make a person spiritually toxic. Don't let yourself miss that. So how do we protect and defend ourselves against the onslaught of spiritual narcissists? How can faith in God help you navigate a relationship with a narcissist? Sometimes you might be even living with one under the same roof. Plenty of ways, as it turns out. Narcissism is a psychological condition that results in the sin of excessive pride. As a Christian, you know that pride is something to be wary of. God has your back when it comes to dealing with the prideful, and here's what you can do. See the narcissist for who they are, 
Stand your ground. Virtue gives you strength, so don't let a narcissist shut you down. De-escalate the situation. If you are being attacked, while you should not tolerate any kind of abuse, spending your time trying to dispute the narcissist version of events will likely prolong any argument. Set boundaries. Firm boundaries can keep your relationship manageable. Save your energy for things you can change. There are many worthwhile projects, but fixing a narcissist isn't one. Keep your own values intact. Rise about the provocations of a narcissist. Pray to maintain your strength. Narcissists try to isolate you, but with prayer, you're never alone. Spend your time with healthier relationships. Friends, family, and your church community offer meaningful connections. Prioritize your own peace. Self-care keeps you emotionally and mentally strong. Take a break from the relationship. A fasting from this relationship and reminding yourself of your independence is encouraging to self. And lastly, seek counseling to recover. Narcissists tend to avoid counseling, but you shouldn't. Let us pray. Lord God, I pray for your protection. As I begin this day, you are my hiding place, and under your wings I can always find refuge. Protect me from trouble wherever I go, and keep evil far from me. I lift up the shield of faith against all the fiery darts of the enemy and take in my hand the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and use your word against all the forces of evil in my life. And I put on this armor and live and pray in complete dependence upon you. Blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. I wish you all a very beautiful day ahead. God bless you all. Take care. Stay safe. Stay blessed.